0: Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by me, your host, Allison Kilkenny. Hello. Flying solo this beautiful summer weekend uh, for the following reason. Listen, uh, maybe a frequent co-host of the show, Meredith Clark, was in town for her birthday And maybe, perhaps, anyone within her gravitational pull um, happened to go harder than we've ever gone. That's not true. But too hard, let's say. And this weekend just passed in the blink of an eye. Didn't have time to set up a co-host. In fact, my usual, excuse me, go-to co-hosts, Charles and Meredith, uh, were with me the night that we did the most damage. So couldn't have relied on either of them anyway. So I am bravely soldiering on alone. Thank you so much for your patience. Um, Don't come at me like the morality police. I know I did a bad, okay? I know. If you follow me on the social media, you'll have noticed that I was wearing guillotine earrings the night we went out and they were a big hit. I put the link to where you can find them. I got them on Etsy, obviously, obviously. It's where all the communists are. Uh, So you can go get a pair yourself if you're a fan. But you do have to say that you were inspired by me, wherever you go. Sorry, that's how fashion works. So hi, everybody. This is going to be a weird episode. I am going to get to news eventually, even though, as we all know, I am trying to get away from news because... (laughs) Well, I guess here's a good example of why I'm trying to get away from news lately. If you live in the New York City metro area, you'll have seen by now a very helpful PSA that Mayor Eric Adams put out because, you know, he cares. He cares about the people. Uh, A a, a nuclear attack has happened. What do we do? Oh, no. Oh, no. What do we do? So there's a video of a very cheery woman who says, so there's been nuclear attack. And then she gives, um, the very helpful advice to go inside. So, um, I guess don't run towards the white light because you're already dead in that case. So if you somehow survived the, the initial nuclear blast, you are advised to run inside, stay away from the windows for God's sake and maybe go into the basement if you have a basement or if not, as far into the middle of your apartment (laughs) as possible. This is very funny to me because for the most part, we all live in pre-war apartments. I shouldn't say for the most part. If you're listening to this podcast, you live in a pre-war apartment. Anybody who doesn't listen to this podcast, who's like making $150,000 plus a year, lives in probably a new building, but if you're listening to Light Trees and News, you live in a pre-war apartment. So we have terrible uh insulation <laughs> in these apartments. So like have you ever just like stood by an old window and just felt the air from the outside like lightly ruffle your hair because they're so um Poor insulation. So I'm just sort of like, listen, if there are radioactive particles floating through the air, they're getting in the apartment. I don't know. Maybe I'm too pessimistic because I was at a, another party last night. If you can believe it, she's a social butterfly. She's tired. She's very tired and she's made a mistake. Uh, I was talking to someone who said there's actually a website that you can go to where <laughs> this is so morbid, but it's like my type of morbid. You know what I mean? you can put in like, okay, let's say there's a a nuclear explosion, like a small A-bomb goes off in lower Manhattan. What's the fallout radius? And my friend was telling me this because she was like, actually, there are parts of Brooklyn that we could survive if an A-bomb went off. And I was like, yes, suck it, Manhattan, $5,000 a month apartments, suck it. I knew it would pay off to be this deep into Brooklyn eventually. So your girl might survive. If listen, listen to me. If I survive an A-bomb, I am legend. Okay. At that point, you have to write songs about me. You have to create beautiful works of art. You have to, is there a good way to burn someone in effigy or is that always a bad thing? I'd be into it, to be honest with you, if there was like some kind of burning man event where it culminated with a giant effigy of me being burnt in like celebration, like she's awesome. Yay. And you're all dancing and drinking and fucking and having a good time. I think that's a positive way to burn someone in effigy. So I'm just putting that out there. If anybody's working on memorializing me in any way. So not only do we have this, like, weird New York PSA that goes out, everybody immediately is like, hey, Mayor Adams, um, why? Why why is this a thing? Do you have some information you need to share with us? And he was like, no, it's just a general warning about what to do if an A-bomb goes off for no reason whatsoever, you know, I just think people should have access to the information. So it's like, okay, but then I don't know if you all saw this, but there, somebody was in a mall in New Jersey, different state, close cousin to New York, but different state. And there are these displays in malls in New Jersey about what to do if there's a nuclear blast. And it's like, okay, y'all, did you have a meeting? Was there specific information presented at this meeting? And you're like, oh, we got to start warning people now because it's going to happen. It just seems odd to me. I don't think it's a coincidence. I'm not saying they have a specific threat in mind, but I think it's odd that two states suddenly (laughs) out of nowhere at the same time was like, we got to get on the same page about this. I'm just saying I think there was a meeting or somebody from Homeland Security sent out a memo I do not believe this was just randomly Eric Adams being like, Oh, I feel this is my calling. I feel I should be the mayor who has to start bracing people for the possibility of a nuclear blast. Sorry. I don't buy it. But guess what? I'm also not freaking out about it because again, I have the belief I'll just have enough time to think that's a bright light and then I'll be gone. Okay. I'll be gone. And then it won't be an issue anymore. Um, or Mad Max scenario. She survives. She is legend. She has songs written about her. I am Furiosa. So, but those are the two tracks in my mind, dead or queen of queens. And frankly, I won't settle for anything less. So God, I'm not even going to try to keep track of my thoughts for this episode. I'm like, how did we end up here? What's happening? Who am I? Um, so I guess let's get into – oh, no. I know what I wanted to rant about. Okay. We are going to get to recommendations. Did I have anything I wanted to read? Listen, I, I've fallen sort of uh, lax about the Patreon. I do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Kilkenny, where you can leave comments, questions, concerns. The only reason I haven't been promoting it as much is mm, it tended to be the same handful of people dominating <laughs> the comment section – and I just didn't want it to get a little stale. But I'll just prioritize you if you're a new person who I haven't heard from. You know, occasionally one of my Canadian peeps would pop in. I'm like, oh, I never really hear from y'all. So I'll read you first. But I just don't want it to get redundant. So that's why I've been um reading it less frequently, let's say. So uh, let's just keep in mind, you know, uh, to, to rotate, to share the space. So, but thank you to everybody who's a supporter. Love you. See you. But you know, she's uh, she's always trying to keep things fresh. Um, so we'll get to recommendations in a second. This is such a specific niche thing that I wanted to talk about. So I apologize if it's too parochial, let's say. But I wanted to talk about Leah Michelle. I wanted to talk about Beanie Feldstein and what happened with all of the drama in funny girl. So I still have never seen, never seen film, never seen Broadway. Uh, will I see it one day? Don't know. I, Charles went to go see Beanie, said she did a good job, did recommend I go see it. I was like, I'm on it. And I absolutely did not buy tickets. So I am part of the problem. So apologies to Beanie apologies to the whole, uh, the whole crew. My bad. I fucked up. I heard, I heard she was good. I, you know what? No, let's keep it real on light trees news. I heard it was fine, but the amount of disrespect and shade that was thrown at poor Beanie Feldstein, who, by the way, I've never heard anything but lovely things about. She's apparently very professional, very kind. We love to hear it. I think she's very funny. I do think she's talented. Again, didn't see Funny Girl, so I can't comment on it. I had heard that, okay, like maybe her voice isn't the best, but guess what? It's really hard to do live productions twice a day sometimes uh, for the long term. Your voice gives out, you know, if you're not used to it, if you're not trained with that. Although I think Beanie is. I think Beanie was like hardcore theater kid since day one. But, you know... It's live theater. It's really unpredictable. It's really hard. But it turns out okay, originally Leah Michelle was supposed to have this part because Leah Michelle, since she was in the womb, has been preparing <laughs> for the role of Funny Girl. Barbara's her idol. You know, she's just, she is the definition of a theater kid, right? For, I almost said for better or for worse, but with Leah Michelle, I mean for worse or worse is a theater kid. So, this was her calling. It was going to happen. And then now the tea is that all of the shit came out from glee where I just like to remind people of this because I feel like we're we're on the cusp of people forgetting why people hate Leah Michelle. And it's dangerously veering into Anne Hathaway territory, where I have seen people on Twitter be like, "Oh, is this because she's like a tryhard and people hate tryhard women who, you know, radiate that desperation to be loved?" It's like, no, 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 no. Let's remember why people hate Leah Michelle. So there's like a million stories from people about how she is just a fucking nightmare to work with. She's disrespectful. She's rude. She treats people like shit, but specifically the thing where she had to go like bye-bye for a while and they took away funny girl from her is that she's a fucking racist. <laughs> like just I, I sorry to laugh, but I'm like oh, for some reason we have become shy when talking about this. Leah Michelle's a fucking racist and how it all came to light was after George Floyd was murdered by police. She went on Twitter and she did her little bullshit Black Lives Matter post. She tweeted, George Floyd did not deserve this. This was not an isolated incident and it must end. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Okay. But then Samantha Marie Ware, who appeared in season six of Glee as a character named Jane Hayward, quote t- quote tweeted Michelle's original tweet and replied, And I have to tell you all, this is all in caps locks. So it makes it funnier. L a l m a o, laughing my ass off if you're new to the internet. Remember when you first, you made my first television gig a living hell? Because I'll never forget. I believe you told everyone that if you had the opportunity, you would shit in my wig. Amongst other traumatic microaggressions that made me question a career in Hollywood. So other black co-stars from the show also shared their experiences working with Michelle. Beer Snell who appeared in an episode of Glee in 2014, tweeted, Girl, you wouldn't let me sit at the table with other cast members because, quote-unquote, I didn't belong there. Fuck you, Leah. Amber Riley, an original Glee cast member who played Mercedes Jones and is, like, a fucking brilliant vocalist. This is me editorializing Allison High. Um, tweeted support for the cast members coming out against Michelle. Uh, not with a statement, but with gifts that showed her sipping tea and laughing. <laughs> I forgot about that. When Vans urged Riley to share her thoughts on the uh, Michelle controversy, she replied with another gif of her saying, Let's move on, and explaining she would rather focus on the protests going on in America. Alex Newell, who starred in Glee from 2012 through 2015 as Unique Adams, <sighs> I hate Ryan Murphy, sorry. Also showed support for Ware, replying to her tweet with a gift telling her to get her. Melissa Bonneau, a white actress who joined the series in season four, also appeared to lend her support to those criticizing Michelle by liking tweets in favor of Ware. Heather oh, I bet you thought I was done. I'm not. Heather Morris, a white actress on the show who was an original cast member, also spook spoke out about the situation. Morris tweeted, let me be very clear. Hate is a disease in America that we are trying to cure, so I would never wish for hate to be spread on anyone else. With that said, was she unpleasant to work with? Very much so. For Leia to treat others with the disrespect that she did for as long as she did, I believe she should be called out. And yet, it's also on us because, uh, because to allow it to go on for so long without speaking out is something else we're learning along with the rest of society. Uh, and listen... There are many, 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 many more examples about what an awful person she is. So, but I think the very public attention of this specific incident and the the climate in our country after George Floyd was murdered was such that Funny Girl was like, "We really, um, we really can't risk using Leah right now." And that's why they went to Beanie. And what sucks about it, what I genuinely feel bad about is I hate that Beanie was used as like fodder in all of this. I think it's so mean. I think she was so disrespected. I really don't feel like she had support while she was there. And it's gross. It made me feel really, really bad for her. And listen, I know she's like a rich celebrity and we should never feel bad for rich celebrities, but I don't like seeing somebody get bullied like that. Like it was mean. It was mean what they did to her. And ev- and everybody sort of knew it was like, OK, so but they wanted Leah. Right. And they knew they couldn't use Leah for a little while. So they used like Beanie as a filler until they k- felt comfortable that they could bring Leon. I'm like, that sucks. That's mean. Don't treat somebody like that. Gross. If you can believe it, sometimes Broadway's not very nice that their talent. <sighs> can you believe that? am I breaking news on this show? Oh, okay. I have a serious thing to ask y'all. What do I call you? Because like, um, the show as you are listening to right now is called, uh, light trees and news. So it's like, what's like a cute, fun, <clears throat> God, I'm sorry. Uh, fun name for y'all to refer to you. And I was like, Lighties, And I was like, oh no, that sounds white supremacist. For supremacist. Tea. <laughs> I can't talk today. Uh, newsies? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you want to be called? Treasonies? That's cute, but it's hard to say. I don't know. I've just like always referred to you as listeners, but that's boring. So I don't know. LTNers? Litners? <sighs> this is my fault for creating a show with three words in it. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you have suggestions, hashtag light trees and news, uh, or contact me on the socials. I don't know what to call you listeners. Is fine. We don't need to be like every other show. We don't need a dumb name for you. Maybe you're like too independent. Maybe you're like, please don't refer to us collectively. Like we're a fucking cult. Please, please refer to us by our names. And I would respect that honestly. But also I'm like, maybe there's like a fun name I haven't thought of. But let me know. Please don't think I don't consider these big questions is what I'm saying, I guess. Uh, OK, let's get your recommendations. Thank you for humoring me and letting me go off about <laughs> Michelle. I have and I know you've already all picked up on this vibe already. I have entered the Broadway TikTok space, so I am getting more gossip about what's happening in some of these live productions. So I'm not going to say it's the last time you'll hear about what's happening, but this has just been weighing on my mind for so long. Cause I also don't want us to forget that ultimately Elia Michelle is a racist trash monster. And to remember that she, um, is bad, uh, like as a person. So (laughs) let's not let her rebrand when I don't believe she's ever done any real work in terms of trying to improve herself. Because like if she had gotten called out and she was like, damn, I need to like step back and actually like do the work. I I believe as progressives, it is up to us to allow people to have the space to improve and to right the wrongs of the past, but never for a second got the impression she was trying to do that. So let's all remember she a bad person. Uh, guys, I saw Thor Love and Thunder and I liked it. Listen, I know some of you have turned against Taika, all right? And that is for a multitude of reasons. Some people were not fans of Jojo Rabbit. I'm not going to comment on it because I just feel like it's ancient fucking history. I do think there are some like gross misreadings of that movie, like pretty intellectually dishonest readings of that movie that I don't agree with. But ultimately, I don't feel like I have the authority (laughs) or the right to tell a Jewish person that they should have a sense of humor about the holocaust. I just don't think I have the moral standing to do that. So if that ultimately is your your problem with that movie, I feel like that's conversation over, right? Like wow, okay, so Jojo Rabbit not for you. I I happen to believe that satire can uh, be about anything if done right. And with the right intention. And I do think Taika had good intentions with that movie. And it worked for me. Didn't work for a lot of other people. I get it. Um, I just, we won't agree. You know, I don't think he was trying to be malicious with that movie. However, there are other people who have entirely different grievances with Taika Waititi. That include that he's too jokey for the MCU. And I'm like, listen, I'm so... Over the MCU. Like, I still love it, obviously, and I still will see every bit of trash they throw at me because I am, say it with me, part of the problem. But I very much know the bubble has burst, and I'm watching waning enthusiasm for the MCU happen in real time. It was written, it was inevitable, it got so big and was you know, dominating our culture for so long is still dominating our culture, permanently changed the landscape of Hollywood for, again, I almost said for better or for worse, for worse or worse. Uh, But, you know, I, I do still love a lot about the MCU, but I wanted them to get like creative and weird and different And to me, that's what Taika represents. Like, is he jokey jokey? Yes. Um, Is he a man child? Yes, absolutely. He's also very sweet and sincere and tries to bring as much queerness to his stories as Disney will allow. Because that was a complaint about Thor Love and Thunder. I really wish actors would stop setting these really high expectations of what how much queerness we're going to see. In these movies, because when you have Tessa Thompson out there saying like, you know, Valkyrie is going to find her queen, everyone's like, oh, shit, we're going to see like hella queerness in this movie. And ultimately, it's like, no, it's a Disney movie. They will show as much queerness as they feel they can edit around for international markets. That's precisely how much queerness you're going to get. You're going to get one scene where Valkyrie kisses the hand of a pretty lady. And that's it. Because guess what? They can cut out that scene. That's how Disney presents queerness. You will get Loki saying that he had relationships with princes in addition to princesses in a scene that they can very easily cut out. (laughs) You're not going to get like, I don't know what people think they're going to get. I mean, probably, you know, uh, perish the thought, a character arc that results in like, I don't know, some smooching. That would be nice, but you're you're not going to get it, at least not for the foreseeable future with Disney. Disney, but to his credit, Taika does try to queer up the story a little bit because it it makes sense for the story. I mean, we're dealing with like billions of races of aliens, and like you're gonna find a gay alien, you know. So Taika's just sort of like acknowledging that that mathematically would happen. <laughs> uh. And I know some people think it's not enough, but I really, again, I don't think he's queer baiting. I don't know why people seem to think he is nefariously plotting in this way. I just think Taika is like a silly queer dude and that's reflected in his work. I do think some people resent the fact that he is having fun while he's working and making it. Appear easy, even even though it's not easy, and he's doing so much, and like he's just a brilliant, hardworking guy. Um, but he's also like partying with Rita Ora and Tessa Thompson, and people are like, "Man, fuck this guy!" <laughs> and then, of course, you know, we can't forget racism. I'm sure that is a factor in the constant criticism of Tyka as well. Like to me, it's sort of like, all right, if you didn't like Thor: Love and Thunder, all right. But it was like a week straight of blasting Taika Waititi specifically. And I'm like, what is this? What is this specific malice towards him right now about this film? I mean, maybe it was the inflated expectations because of Ragnarok, which is considered one of the best MCU films. But it's like, nothing's going to be Ragnarok again, guys. Part of the reason that was such a massive, shocking hit was the surprise element, you know, Thor had changed so much as a character, mostly because Chris Hemsworth went to Kevin Feige and was like, if I have to play Thor again, I'm going to kill myself because this character is dire. It's so overly serious. I'm a funny guy. We just found out I'm a funny guy. I want to be funnier in films. I got this buddy Taika. He's a great director. He's done some small films that got really, really great reviews. Uh, Can he come on? And, you know, Kevin Feige, we can talk shit all day. But part of what I like about Kevin Feige is he's, like, open to ideas. And if there's a good idea, he's willing to pursue it. So they radically altered course for Thor. And we got Ragnarok, which was so exciting because it was, like, so different and so funny. Like, genuinely funny. Not like, uh Haha, they got shawarma together. Isn't that great, guys? Like, you know, usually the womp womp. Uh, humor of the MCU, like genuinely funny and really good character development. That's when like Loki started to really change. Again, that's a criticism that like he's too many different things at this point. But whatever, he's Loki. He's also everything all at once, right? Like that's what's fun about him. Uh, but we're never gonna get that surprise again because we had Ragnarok. So I think the fact that Thor: Love and Thunder wasn't Ragnarok disappointed people. Whatever. I enjoyed it. I thought, you know, much like the MCU uh, in their other films, it alternated from being beautiful. Like I, I really was in love with the black and white planet stuff, uh, which they used new technology to to shoot. That Tyka's buddies actually had to develop this type of camera technique that it's like green screen, but it takes into consideration the the moving light. Um, So it it just looked stunning. And I really wanted more of that. And then look, we got the scenes with Russell Crowe and Zeus in the palace with the gods. And that looked bad, like straight up bad, like the worst MCU CGI badness that ever batted bad. So, uh, and, but then there were other really cool moments in battle where like, there were almost like Muppet aliens that I loved because it was so silly and very Taika. And I don't know, these stories are dumb guys. Like all stories are dumb, right? Ultimately, when it comes down to it, if you really break down the elements of a story, you're like, what? So let's just have fun with it. These are gods and goddesses and aliens, and it's all stupid. And it's like, why can't it be funny? (laughs) Let me live. Um, Was there enough Valkyrie? No, guess what? There's never enough Valkyrie. I want Valkyrie to have her own fucking show. I wanted to see Jane and Valkyrie tear it up, and we didn't get that enough. Um and Natalie Portman, bless her. She's not a comedian, guys. I don't know what you want. They cast her. We have her now. She's never going to land a punchline. But I was really happy to see like Jane wrote a internationally best-selling book and the nerdy scenes with her were very endearing because it's like, yeah, that's what this character is. She's a nerd. That's what makes Jane endearing. Um but, yeah, Natalie Portman's never going to be fucking funny. But I I really did like what they did with Jane's powers. I thought Mjolnir being able to explode into pieces, being part of its power, was, like, really beautiful and lovely. Um, and, you know, anybody offended by the cancer storyline, it's like that was in the comics. So I don't know what you want. Um, I, I thought the idea, I thought it was an interesting, like, moral quandary the idea that the thing that makes you feel the most powerful is also like killing you slowly (laughs) or like accelerating your death was very interesting. And I really, really at the end, it did get me like when Thor and Jane are having their emotional goodbye and, you know, she just wanted to go out like a badass. And I, I totally, totally got it. And I was like, yes, I believe this relationship these two actors are doing a very good job right now. This is a satisfying character arc um that honestly they salvaged out of a a character who was barely there. You know, uh, believe it or not, women are not written well in most comic books. So Jane was like barely a character and I Taika did his Taika thing and made us believe in this relationship and that's why he's great. That's why he's great. So I had a good time at Thor Love and Thunder it's getting a lot of shit. But if you don't go in with crazy expectations, you'll probably have a good time. Those goats, every time those goats screamed, I fucking laughed every single time. And I'm like, that's why Tyka's good. Taika is funny. Funny. And I know that doesn't sound extraordinary, but it is. You so rarely find people who are just funny. And and like, you know, Smart and a great storyteller, so I'm like, I'm still team Tyka. I refuse to turn against him yet. Um, so now that I've been nice to someone, let me be a bitch. I saw Stranger Things. I finished it, y'all. Okay, let me let me just say, I and I would actually like to know if there's a reason behind this or if it's just good old fashioned sexism. Why are how do I phrase this? Why are girl actors so much better than boy actors? Is it just that the standards are so much higher for young women in Hollywood that you have to be Sadie Sink or Millie um, Bobby Brown in order to rise to that level? Or like, what is it? Is it just that I'm really (laughs) the reason I'm stammering is I'm hesitant to say there's this like very antiquated notion that girls mature faster than boys. And I guess that is true physically, but it's been used as an excuse for um, millennia for uh, gross old men to um, be predators with young girls. So I'm very cautiously not saying that. But when you put Sadie Sink and Millie Bobby Brown next to, I don't know, just off the top of my head, Finn fucking Wolfhard, it's like, it's different planets of talent. And I'm just wondering, (laughs) I think maybe it's the live theater background because I know Millie and Sadie come from theater and some of the stronger boy actors, um, also come from live theater uh background. Um so I am wondering if it has to do with that because like live theater is like acting boot camp. So maybe that explains it. I was just very taken out during moments where like <sighs> Gatton and Caleb and Millie and Sadie are the live theater kids and they are solid. So when I'm saying the boy actors, please know I'm not talking about Gatton or Caleb. I'm specifically talking about Noah and Finn, and their scenes together are fucking painful, and I just, like, couldn't handle it. And the only thing that saved it for me was Noah and uh, the Charlie, Charlie. So Will and Jonathan, the brothers, Um, when they had a very, very tender scene together that I, I was waiting for that scene to happen because I was like, you now is a critical time. You need to remind me why I like Will and Jonathan because right now I hate both of them. <laughs> so please remind me why I like these characters. And they were they did this great thing where they reverted back to like vintage season one where Will and Jonathan have a good fucking relationship. And it's like, Will is so weird. And there's like, he feels so cut off from everybody for so many reasons. And Jonathan's also a weirdo because they're brothers and they have the weirdo genes. And they were had that great scene in season one where they were like jamming the music together. And I'm like, I really need that dynamic back. I need those brothers back. And Jonathan has the great scene where he's like, I love you no matter what. And it's like, this character needed to hear this so badly right now. And it's great. And Noah got better in that scene, I think, because Charlie Heaton is Charlie Hayden's not a great actor, but he's certainly better than Finn Wolfhard. Guys, I'm turning hard on Finn. I'm sorry. I like, get these kids in an acting class. What happened? It's like, oh God. Anyway, did I like this season? I don't know. Um Joseph Quinn's good. Joe Curie's always good. Um I I guess it was fine. I'm really over it. I didn't give a shit about anything that was happening in Russia at any point. Anytime they cut away to the Soviet Union, I was like, can we get back to, oh, and Maya Hawke's great. She's a great example of like when I'm not mad about nepotism. I'm like, oh, nepotism I'm destroying Hollywood. Oh, but Maya Hawke's actually very talented. <laughs> so like, yeah, I wanted more Rob and I wanted more Steve. I don't believe Eddie's actually dead. I think they're going to find a way to bring him back because he was just like overwhelmingly the favorite. Of this season. So, man, I got to put a spoiler warning up on this because I just realized I didn't think I was going to go this much into spoilers, but I don't know. I'm very glad there's only one season left. I'm confused as to whether they have started shooting it or not. I hope they have because these kids straight up look like they are 40 years old right now. Finn Wolfhard is 10 feet tall and he's like, I'm just still a little kid. And it's like this, I, this needs to end. They need to put this character out of his misery. I don't know how they salvage Mike as a character at this point. When Will called him the heart of the team, I was like, Will, I know you want the D, but what are you talking about? This kid who is the most emotionally oblivious human being alive, your best friend is sitting next to you in a car weeping, and he's not like, hey, man, you OK? Doesn't seem aware that he's crying. He's crying. You're the heart of this team. Dustin's right over there crying for everyone, but he's not the heart of the team. Mike is the heart. Just so stupid. And I know there it's because we started with Mike and they're trying to bring it full circle, but I'm like, if you want me to like Mike, sorry to rhyme. If you want me to like him by the end of this, he has to die saving. Well, He just does. He has to make such a grand gesture that I don't think they're willing to do. Because at this point, I'm like, it's inexcusable. He's just, I hate him. I hate him. He is unironic Huey from The Boys. This past season, The Boys, which was great. Um, I mean, I had my quibbles with it. But when you compare it to Stranger Things, it's like, wow. Um, You know, he this whole season was about toxic masculinity and how Huey has been Injecting himself with V in order to become a superhero because he so can't stand the idea of his girlfriend, Starlight, being the hero and he feels very emasculated. Mike is unironic, Huey. He is the personification of toxic masculinity and it needs to be fucking addressed and then he needs to die. And that's how I feel about Stranger Things. Do you have thoughts? Hashtag Light, trees, and pot. Don't be mad at me. We're all allowed to like different things. Oh, wow. I talked a long time. Guys, on that note, here's your bad news. All right. Let's talk about Jay Landwalker. So this is going to sound like a very familiar story because it is sadly a very familiar story in the United States. So on June 27th, 27th, there was a minor traffic stop, um, in Akron, Ohio and Jayland Walker, who was 25 years old, was pulled over by police for unspecified traffic and equipment violations. Okay. So he took off running And police later said that Walker fired a shot as he was driving away from officers. Um, So during this nearly three minute chase, he left his car, which was still moving. Eight police officers fired an estimated 90 shots at Walker after they attempted to electroshock him. A gun was found inside his car, but he was shot away from the vehicle after fleeing and no weapon was found on him when police arrived and handcuffed him. Okay. So uh, he was pronounced dead by medics at the scene shortly after. So I wanted to talk about this. And I also wanted to talk about this. I was going to say creeping authoritarianism, but we're already fully in authoritarianism in the United States and how people make excuses for police all the time. When it comes to incidences like this, and yes, certainly a huge factor in that is racism. Like if this was a white victim, it would be certainly a different story. But as someone who used to cover uh, when police officers were first getting tasers and stuff like that to use against people and like would I, I remember clearly the biggest example was there was a white woman who was pregnant who got tased by a cop. And it was the same shit in the comment section where people were like, well, she shouldn't have talked back to the officer. People are so quick to make excuses for mm, fascists. And I think maybe it's because there's a fear element in there where they're like, well, if I just behave myself, I won't be put down by the state too. And it's like, it's not illegal to talk back to a police officer. It's not illegal to um, disobey an officer if they're asking you to do something like that is illegal, like search your car when they don't have a warrant. Like you can be difficult and not, you shouldn't fear execution, right? Like uh, is running from the police a good idea? (laughs) No, (laughs) but it's the punishment for it shouldn't be death. And at some point, It just became acceptable to say or to think or to believe you should be executed for running from the police, which is a crazy, crazy thing to think. Like, even if all of this was true, right? Let's say that the police's version of this story is true, that he shot at them before he drove away, that they did find a gun in the car, he runs from them, right? The punishment for all of that is not death. You might not agree with that behavior, <laughs> and I would understand why, but it's still not an excuse for the police to execute someone. And it's because of this combination of racism, certainly. I always have to put that at, like, the top of the list. <laughs> like, if a black person does something like this, the the cries from the white mob to kill them are deafening, Right. But I also personally have seen uh, and it is always white commenters make this excuse for authoritarians for white victims too. you know, like, well, they shouldn't have been difficult. They shouldn't have run from the police. They shouldn't have, you know, been like talking back, you know, and we have to always remember the punishment for being difficult is not death. There's no reason why we should be so submissive to police officers like again they're paid with our tax dollars they're supposed to be public servants why are we so scared of them well because they can kill us and get away with it and that's why we're scared of them but recognize that check that impulse the second you're about to say like Well, this man deserved to be shot 90 times in the fucking back because he ran away. Oh, that's a weird thing I felt. Why did I feel that way? Am I scared of the fucking police? Yeah, of course I am, because they can murder me and get away with it. That does not mean Jaylan Walker deserved to die. You know, like, all of us at some point in our life have broken a law, right? Like, you've shoplifted or something, Did you deserve to be shot in the back by a cop? No, no, you did not. So that's what I wanted to say about that. Like, obviously it's yet another horrible example of police brutality and police just murdering black people out in the open. And it's like, not treated as a crime and immediately people rush in to be like, well, he shouldn't have done a B and C. He's not a perfect victim, right? He's no angel. Like here we are yet again. But I, I weirdly interested in that reflex by people to be like, well, you shouldn't have done. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you carrying the water for the police so readily? What the fuck is that? Like, like, I wish people could parse the feeling of, well, I didn't agree with your behavior with, and you deserve to be murdered by the state. <laughs> like it's a big jump, right? Like running from the police not ideal, but you know, uh, it, it's just it's strange and it's saddening and I, I've been watching it happen for so long. And I'm just kind of like I think it must be fear-based. That's where I'm landing. Uh, right now. But let me know what you think. Hashtag light, truce and pod. What the fuck is up with that behavior? I find it so deeply weird. And maybe it is just racism. I don't know. But like I said, I see it with white victims too. Um, so I also wanted to talk about this poor 10 year old girl. Um, God. So uh, an Ohio man named Gerson Fuentes, who's 27 was charged with raping a 10 year old girl who later traveled to Indiana, she had to travel out of state to get an abortion. So President Biden uses this case as an example uh, when he's talking about and he's criticizing the Supreme Court's decision to eliminate a nationwide right to abortion because this this was the nightmare scenario that everybody had in mind when we were like, you absolutely have to keep the nationwide right to abortion because of something like this, like just a a horrible, horrible thing. So uh, Gerson Fuentes was arrested um, and Biden gives this speech. And immediately uh, there were some some folks in the media, some politicians who called into question basically every aspect of the case were like, is it even true? It seems literally saying shit like it seems like it's too good to be true for Democrats. If you can wrap your head around how fucked up it is to say something like that, basically saying that, you know, Biden and the Democrats created this story uh, to suit their needs. And then lo and behold, Fuentes pleaded guilty (laughs) in court. So it is true. Everything's true. Uh, this shit does happen. It happens more than anybody wants to think about, which is why it's so important to allow uh, people who can have babies to control uh, their own bodies. Because, um, you know, uh, most uh, g- girls are raped very young. They are oftentimes raped by members of their own family. Guess what? This shit happens. That's why it's important to keep the right to abortion. All right. And then finally, do I have time to do this? Yeah, fuck it. I don't really have much to say about this other than that's weird, but the secret service has been subpoenaed in the ongoing probe into the U S Capitol riot. Um, The house select committee leading the investigation is asking the federal agency to turn over reportedly deleted, text messages from the days surrounding the attack, as well as any relevant action reports. Um, the secret service has until Tuesday to produce agents phone records that some believe may shed light on president Donald Trump's actions during the riot. So, um, for some reason, (laughs) They uh, deleted these text messages and the Secret Service recently garnered attention after former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson testified to the January 6th committee. According to Hutchinson, Trump had a heated exchange with his Secret Service detail after demanding to be driven up to the Capitol on the day of the insurrection. Um, so, yeah, that's weird. And that's all I really have to say about that. I'm sure there's so much shit that we're still going to find out about what happened on January 6th, the day of an almost coup. (laughs) Ha ha, everything's fine. All right, that's enough of the bad. Here's your good news. As I said before, I am very much on Broadway TikTok. I'm also very much on space TikTok. Here's what my TikTok uh, made for you page is, essentially. It is Real Housewives gossip, uh, Trixie and Katya being Trixie and Katya. It is cool space shit and Broadway gossip. Oh, and fashion. Fashion. And that's my FYP what's your FYP? Hashtag. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I don't care. Unless there's something very cool that you think I should check out in one of those categories I just listed. Then I'm into it. Um, But I'm basically just trying to steer clear of conspiracy TikTok. Because you know, it follows us everywhere. There is no refuge from the conspiracy theorists. So I guess the closest I get to any of that shit is like ghost TikTok. I do respect the effort people put into uh, um creating ghost hoaxes uh to make it look like their apartment is haunted. I appreciate the production value. From like a storytelling aspect, sometimes it's done really well. Like there's this one guy who has rigged his, <laughs> his attic steps to fall in a very creepy way that I have to admire where I'm like, this guy should go work for bloom house, you know, because I can't see no wires. Like it's done really well. And, but the people in the comments are just like beside themselves where they're like, I would burn the house down. It's like, guys, it's not real. <laughs> uh, so I was bringing all that up to say, uh, cool space shit. TikTok was popping the fuck off this week because we got to give it up for the James Webb Space Telescope images. What, what? Ooh, ooh. NASA released them this week. This is a huge fucking deal because the James Webb Space Telescope, which captures light in wavelengths, the human eye cannot see. This is shit we cannot see in space with our little dumb eyes that barely fucking work. Uh, It will change the way the public and scientists understand the history of the universe. So the JWST, as the cool kids call it, looks at the universe in infrared light, allowing it to cut through dust to see the intimate details of star formation. (gasps) And even the faint light of some of the first galaxies that formed more than 13 billion years ago ago. That's how old I feel today. 13 billion years ago. Um, so this is a huge fucking deal. This is things in the universe we've never seen before. And people have been waiting like a decade for these images. So it was a huge deal on space TikTok, as I mentioned. And if you haven't seen the images yet, I mean, I'm sure you have. They've li- literally been everywhere on the internet. But there are actually so many more that you can see in a high res, um, from NASA that it's like, I just don't understand how we care about any, like any bullshit stuff when you can see images of the universe like this, like it is so breathtaking. It is so humbling. It makes you feel like an insignificant bit of nothing in a good way. Cause you're like, Oh my, fuck my problems. <laughs> It's a galaxy being formed and it's just so beautiful. And like some of these like clusters of light and dust look like mountains. And it's like, oh, my God, like just like weeping in bed, looking at these images. And I just don't understand. Oh, I won't say that. I, I was about to say I don't understand how some people don't care about cool space shit. The one time I kind of understood it was a friend of mine. It has like a lot of anxiety and dread. And, like, has kind of a, a full-on existential meltdown. If she thinks about the vastness of space too much, it, it like, scares her. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I, I don't get that, but I get that, you know? Like, I don't feel that way, but I could understand how, like, the all of the unknown and the weirdness of it and considering how big it is and it goes on forever, like our little human brains trying to, to wrap themselves around that concept is scary. So I understood why she's like, I think it's cool. I just can't like lay in bed and like read about it too much or I spin out. It's like, oh, okay. So I wonder if more people feel that way. I don't. I just think it's very cool. <laughs> and like, I don't really understand a lot of it because um, she uh, no good at math. So... I can't get into like the advanced physics of it. And sometimes like, um, you know, hearing about how particles can exist in uh, two places simultaneously is a little like, you know, but I like to pretend like I'm smart enough to really get it. And then you get to see cool pictures and shit, you know, and just like hearing smart people talk about space. I'm like, yeah, this is where it's at. This is good shit. So if you haven't already checked out the JWST photos, go do that. Go follow Space TikTok because it's like a cool happening place to be. And I don't just say that cuz I'm there. I see it because it's true. So, also, in good news, you know, we got to give it up to the man when the man does good things. Uh, President Biden after nearly two years, has reversed most of Trump's terrible Title IX policies. So got to give it up to slowly undoing most of the damage, I guess. Listen, we got to find good news where we can find it. So on Thursday morning, Biden and Education Secretary Miguel Cardona announced changes to campus sexual assault policies under Title IX, appearing to save these proposals for the 50th anniversary of Title IX, a year and a half into his presidency. These proposed changes would reverse Trump-era rules that allowed schools to avoid investigating off-campus assaults and to require questioning that permit Uh, questioning that permit alleged assailants to cross-examine victims. Biden's proposals would also extend Title IX's prohibition on sex-based discrimination to include sexual orientation and gender identity, protecting queer and trans students. Um, So, bad news, some Trump-era policies would remain. Schools would still be permitted to use the clear and convincing evidence standard of proof which means about 75% certainty to determine if someone has committed sexual misconduct if they use the standard in other discrimination cases. Otherwise schools are to use the preponderance of the evidence standard 51% certain. I love these like specific percentages. Are you 50% certain? Are you 51% certain? Well, I don't fucking know what that means which is standard for civil suits. If Republicans retake the House and Senate in November, they could use a Congressional Review Act to overturn those changes. Okay, so potentially they could still overturn them. Um, But yeah, got to give it up for the man when the man does good stuff, um, you know, when he's coherent enough to understand where he is and what's happening around him. So congratulations. Uh, The Democrats are still a fucking nightmare. (laughs) November is going to be a shit show. I love you all. I hope you have a glorious rest of your weekend. If you're a fan of the show, if you like what's happening, if you like that you didn't hear one itty bitty commercial on this episode or any episode of Light Treason News, you can keep that going and go to lighttreason.news and smash that donate button. Allison, what does it pay for? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. It pays for literally everything. Did you know it's actually surprisingly expensive to have a podcast? If it's done well, I guess, you know, you got to get the good equipment, you got to get the uh, expensive audio editing software. I have to pay hosting fees. I also pay my hosts when they're on the show. Um, you know, you, you buy domains, you rent domains, like every little itty bitty social media presence costs money, if you feel me. Uh, so that is what you're paying for. You're paying, we're a 100% listener supported show. That's why you never have to sit through ads or anything like that. If you'd like to skip the line and send a question or a recommendation, you can do that at my Patreon, patreon.com slash Kilkenny. For as little as $5 a month, you get to, as I said, skip the line, VIP access. I'll read those little thoughts on the air. And uh, yeah, it's just a nice, it's a nice way to support the show. Is anybody watching Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip? Dorinda, man. You know when you see a really, 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 really high quality alcoholic and you're like, there she goes. That's Dorinda. Um, That's all I have to say about that. Anyway, thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble.